I want to thank you for joining us today on the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you didn't know, we have a 24-7 prayer hotline. It's staffed by Teen Challenge staff members who are ready to pray with you anytime, anywhere. Call us today at 888-520-0620. And if you know someone who is struggling with addiction and needs to come into our program, you can refer them to this same number, 888-520-0620 and we can help them begin their new life. We're jumping right back into the powerful and Holy Spirit-inspired conversations and messages from Arise United 2020. Today, we're listening in to Pastor Dale Oakwist from People's Church in Fresno, California, and our Executive Director, Ron Brown, as they have a challenging and incredibly insightful conversation about unity in the body of Christ. If you haven't had the chance, please subscribe to our podcast channel today. You'll be notified every time a new episode comes out, and it's a way for us to stay in touch during these difficult times. God bless you today, my friends. Going back even to the big picture of Scripture, and that is, I I see that there's three pivot points to Scripture. Mm. There was... Obviously, man is created and they rebel against God. Man rebels against God. And the climax of that is Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel, Mm -hmm. which between Genesis chapter 11 and Genesis chapter 12, you have this pivot point of God saying, I'm going to come down and rescue you. I'm going to make a unilateral covenant with you, Abraham. Mm. And I'm going to, you know, you're, I'm going to, whether you fulfill your side or not, I'm keeping my side. And you have the Abrahamic covenant that Mm. begins in Genesis 12, the first pivot point. Then you have, obviously, the rebellion. Not, now, not just man rebels, but now Israel rebels against God throughout the whole Old Testament, mm. which is tragic. And yes. then you have the coming of the Messiah, which is the second pivot point, okay. the start of the Gospels and the birth of Jesus, the yes. Messiah, the long-awaited one. Yes. And then the third pivot point is the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2. Mm. Yes. So you have, now, to me... Two of the three pivot points of all of the big story, uh, the big picture of the Bible has to do with the very things that we're dealing today with unity and race relationships and the the turmoil and the tensions that are there uh, between between groups of people and Mm -hmm. between ethnicities and between uh, the distressing things that are taking place in our... Now, so let me unpack that just a little bit more. Sure. In Genesis 11, you have, you have mankind speaking one language. And in that one language, they could do whatever they wanted to do and they, they could accomplish whatever they imagined. The Bible says whatever their imag- wherever their imagination could take them. Wow. It's, it's, it's a scary thought. Mm. And they all spoke one language. So there was a, there was a cultural uniformity there. Okay. And so what we realize from that, again, I... I, I what we realize from that is that cultural uniformity corrupts. So you wouldn't call cultural uniformity unity? Not at all. Okay. Cultural, there is a unity in that, but as far as what, what the unity we're talking about and scriptural unity, it, it, it is not found there because what does God do in the midst of this uniformity he confuses, confused their he confused their languages and he scattered those people. Mm. Okay. And because I contend that, our, that, that whenever you have a sameness among people and among a people group, mm. you have the corruption of the gospel that takes place. Mm. 
Wow, that's a powerful statement. Right, because cultural uniformity corrupts. Mm. Uh, if most people would think mm. that if, if the whole world looked like me, thought like me, spoke like me, voted like me, acted like me, mm. behaved like me, it, it, would, it would be the best world ever, right? Paradise. It would be a paradise, <laughs> yeah. right? Because everyone would be like me, mm. right? Mm. And in the process, we know that that would be the worst possible world according to Genesis chapter 11 because cultural unity corrupts us. Wow. Because now we start, because in our sameness, we start to, you agree with me, you agree with me, you agree with me, we all agree together, so therefore God must agree with us. Wow. And in so doing, we corrupt the very message and the very purposes that God has for us. Mm -hmm. A simple way in, in, that manifests even in America is, is the phrase, God helps those who help themselves. Most believers today believe that the concept of God helps those who help themselves is in the Bible. Mm, and not that, so. <laughs> no, in fact, the message of the Bible is exactly opposite, opposite. of that. Yeah. But because it sounds American, it's the, right, it's the American ethic, right? You, you work, you're responsible, you do your job and you get this done, then you know, God's gonna help you in that, right? God, because God helps those who help themselves. Wow. Because it sounds like the American dream, it sounds like the gospel to us. Wow. <laughs> and it is everything mm. but the gospel. My, my, my. So, so when we get together, we can corrupt the gospel because in our sameness, that's what leads that's what leads to happening. So all that to say is in Genesis 11, that's what took place. There was this sameness. There was this, there was this uniformity and God, and, and it led to a corruptness where God says, I have to, I have to confuse their languages. I have, yeah. to, I have to inhibit their ability to communicate with one another mm. if, if they're going to continue to survive. Wow. And then they were scattered based on the languages that they spoke. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So now you go, to the, you go to the third pivot point. That's the first pivot point. And then, and then God says, I got to rescue them and, and brings the Abrahamic covenant. Yes. Now in Acts chapter two, the third pivot point where I see is the third pivot point of scripture, you have the day of Pentecost, right? And the church is born. Yes. And if we know the overall story, you know the overall story. You have all these people that have converged on Jerusalem from all, all the known the world, world. Yes. right, to, to celebrate Pentecost, this feast, yes. this pilgrimage feast where they're all supposed to come to Jerusalem. Right. And the Holy Spirit descends. So it's still about language, right? Now it's language again. Yes. And all of these people from all of these different ethnicities and languages, yes. they speak all these different languages, but God forms them into one church and one people wow. to form the kingdom of God, the people of the kingdom. Yes, yes. He, doesn't change, he doesn't change their ethnicity to bring unity. No. He brings the unit in their, in their diversity, they become one people. Yes. And so now, and so the first church is born and it is a multilingual, multi-ethnic mega church is what the early church, the very first church that was formed ever looked like. That's what Jesus church looks like. 
Wow. And hopefully our churches look like that, that they are multi-ethnic, mm. multilingual, you know, multicolor. Mm. Everything about it is diversity to, 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 form the, to form one people because of the fact that it is in the midst of all of that that we start to learn and understand each other. A Pentecostal church is a multi-ethnic church. <laughs> Can you repeat that, please? Yes, because, because, yeah, because the Holy yeah. Spirit brings us all together. Amen. It's, you know, it was John F. Kennedy in 1961 that said, you know, that which unites us is far greater than that which divides us. Yes. But we have a message. We have mm. a Savior that is so much greater than a political messaging, yes. and a political brand. And it's, mm. it's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit Amen. headed by Jesus at the head of the church. And yes. all of a sudden now we have, a, we have a diverse group of people that make up one body. Yes. One group of people you know, that will evangelize wow. and change and transform the world in which we live. And that's what Paul talked about in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He talked about we're many members, but we're one body with diversities of gifts and operations and administration, but we're one body together. Right. And every part has a function uh, and a place. Yes. So how do we, in, in, in the... I love what you talk about those inflection points, you know, with the Tower of Babel and the Abrahamic covenant, the coming of Jesus, and then the birth of the church. Uh, you know, putting it all in that perspective helps us to understand the, the arc of history, which is God's story of how he has dealt with man, which is yes. extremely important. Because if we don't know where we came from, we don't know where we are, and we won't know where we're going. And obviously, that's the story of the Old Testament. Remember, mm. God was always reminding them, you know, that as I brought you up out of Egypt, as you were redeemed from that, now yes. this is what you do. In light of the mm. fact that you were once bound and you were, you were not a free people, but now yes. you are a free people. Always mm. remember where you came from. Yes, yes. So that you can continue to mm. move forward. And so, and I think that even in the, in the midst of the diversity of things, I think, you know, it's so comfortable. It's so much more comfortable for me to have a conversation with someone that thinks like me mm. and, you know, kind of has my same mindset, my mentality, and now I can, you know, and so right. I always gravitate to that. Mm. I always will. Well, it's comfortable. It's easy. It's, you don't have to put forth a lot of effort. Right. <laughs> so, but, but, the gospel, but, but the call to, of, of Jesus to us is to be disciples and to take up our cross daily and follow him. So there's some sacrifice uh, in being a, a follower of Jesus Christ. Right. And I think that word sacrifice has kind of been taken out of a lot of our gospel messages and presentations yes, it uh, in, in these days. So we don't hear a lot about sacrifice. We hear about comfort. We hear about things that um, are, are happy and, and we don't hear about the things that stretch us and, and really cause us to, to grow. Actually, and if we don't choose those things ourselves to move mm. out of our own comfort zones and to move into areas that are is that are uncomfortable, that grow us, that develop us, if we don't do that ourselves, mm. God by His Holy Spirit will lead us into those places against our will. Wow, wow, which wow. in many cases mm. is what is happening right now. That is amazing. Let's talk a little bit about that. How did we get to where we are now? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up in the Jim Crow South and 
And I was, you know, I was a young boy when Martin Luther King uh, was marching, and I was certainly well aware of that. Uh, he was our hero, uh, and I still have a great respect for his legacy and As all that all he should. did. Absolutely amazing, amazing. Um, but when you know we grew up, there was some opportunity that was given. The Voting Rights Act passed. We were able to do some things and move beyond some of the entrenched uh, difficulty of what racism and discrimination had brought yes. uh, to, to people of color. And we were able to go to college uh, eventually after yes. a whole lot of laws changed yes. and get educated and move into an area where we could become more economically viable. But now when we get back to this place, it's almost like whiplash it seems like we're back where we were before in some ways in the in the general definitely public yeah. the facts are today mm. that if you are a black or african-american young man today okay mm. your chances at getting a quality education are less than the, than a white a white young man so it has gone back where does the church fit in all of this? You know, still today, I, I love the picture that you paint of, of the multi-ethnicity of the church and its birth in the book of Acts. And of course, uh, John saw in, in the Revelation this great number uh, standing before the throne from every tribe and nation. And so... And, and, and just even yes. about that. Yes. We, the, when in the in the sixties and seventies, when we were trying to address racism mm. and racism as specifically defined as a superiority issue, yes. our answer to that in society was colorblindness, right? Mm. You know, mm. let's just be colorblind. Well, and here's the crazy thing: the Bible doesn't do colorblindness. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I'm white, you're black, and yes. we're together, and and we are we are great friends, and yes. that's the beauty of it all. Yes. There, the Bible, because exactly what you said, that John the Revelator said, I saw them from every nation, every language, yes. every people, every yes. tongue, yes. Every, every ethnicity, I saw them all. So the Bible doesn't do colorblindness. No, it does not. No, not it at does all. Not. No. It, in fact, it doesn't shy away from it. It accentuates it. How does the church get to the place that we celebrate difference in one another, that we champion those differences and, and, and receive God's grace from those differences uh, and, and enjoy it. How, how do right. we get to that place? <laughs> uh, I, I think that um, there's an, I have, a, I have, a, I have about three hours worth of thoughts going through <laughs> my mind right now, okay. as you can imagine. Yes, of course. And, uh, and I don't have all the answers, and I don't mm. know if even, I know I have, I have what I think are some are some basic things that I think where we can move forward. Great uh, and and wonderful and some of the things that we can do to address it and mm. and I think one of the things is first and foremost is in humility, mm. in humility, in humility, mm. renew our identity in Jesus. Wow, wow! Because here's mm. the simplicity of it all. Okay. If I identify and my life is identified in Jesus, yes. and Ron Brown's life is identified in, in Jesus, Jesus, we can't help but get along. Amen. We can't help but love one <laughs> because another. Because the Holy Spirit is in your heart, the Holy right. Spirit is in my heart. Right. <laughs> if, you're a, if I'm a child of God yes. and you're a child of God, guess what that makes us? We're brothers. brothers. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And the word brother and sister and all that family talk, yes. if you go to the Old Testament, it's almost exclusively biological. 
Yes. When you come to the New Testament, all the brother, sister, mother, father talk is yes. all spiritual. spiritual. It's not all spiritual, but yeah. most of it is spiritual yes. in nature. Yes. It's talking about the body of Christ. Wow. Wow. And the priority of the body of Christ as the kingdom of God. And so therefore, it, it is, mm. I do not take it lightly when I call you my brother because mm. you are a child of God. You identify in Jesus and I identify in Jesus. Yes. Because there are some basics that we have missed as the church. Mm. And that is that everyone was created by God and everyone is made in the God's image. image. Yes. And Everyone is slated for redemption, Hallelujah. right? Hallelujah, yes. Everyone, and so if Thank we get you, back to these basics, mm. Mm. then, then d does oh. God love me more than he loves you? Or does God love you mm. more than he loves me? Mm. That is heresy mm. wow. to somehow wow. think wow. that God favors me over you or you, you think God favors right. you above right. me because right. of something that we have innate within us that mm. another person doesn't have is, is anathema. The glory has departed from that. It's Ichabod. It's, mm. you know, I, I'll come out of this chair, you know, <laughs> screaming about this, right? Because it, that mm. I can't imagine. Th well, because we've that. all sinned and come short of the glory of God, all of us. Right. And so it's only through the redemptive blood of Jesus that we can become this family, that we can become brothers in the Lord is through what Jesus did in giving his life on the cross to redeem us because God loved us. He loved our brokenness so much that he wanted to deliver us right. from our sin and set us free. And that's why we are able to be here today is because of what Jesus did. Right. So nobody has anything to brag about right. here. But, but sometimes <laughs> I can think, or you can, you know, mm. uh, let's, let's just put it this way. A white person can think my brokenness is a little less broken than, than your, your brokenness. Broken. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Understood. <laughs> we can, you yes. know, that, that's all of a sudden, now, now unity is destroyed. Mm. Wow. Now relationship is going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be descending or ascending. And, and there is no place for that in the kingdom of God because you can't, you're not reading the same Bible wow. as I am and you've distorted and corrupted the gospel if somehow that mm. is a part of your thinking. Well, you're building on the wrong foundation because that's not the foundation of the gospel. No. The foundation of the gospel is that we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Right. And so if you get off that foundation, whatever you build, like you said, is going to be skewed one way or the other. And then that's when you get those condescending attitudes and roles that bring about so much divisiveness and so much hurt and pain. And you're living mm -hmm. and you're believing and you're thinking and your mindset has no place in the gospel at all. So is it just preaching right doctrine, but isn't there a communal uh, aspect of this right. where we have to live it out? Right, right, because a lot of us have gotten orthodoxy even close to correct, but we don't mm. have our orthopraxy is the other word, mm. which is not only right theology and right doctrine, but right practice. Yes. But that yes. right practice doesn't take us far enough, I don't think, because it has to be right attitudes. Ooh. You know, so you get to the heart of right, the matter. Because now you're getting to the heart of the matter. And yes. that's why I even say when I talk about identity, with humility, mm. with mm. humility. Yes. You yes. know, uh, and, you know, somehow I think that a lot of us, you know, even even we in America can have mm. an American gospel where we think, you know what language they're going to speak in heaven? They're going to speak English. <laughs> that's arrogant. Yeah, that is. <laughs> because most of the people that mm. most of the people today that are believers, Mm. don't speak English. That's very true. <laughs> that yes. most of the people on this planet today that speak a language, don't, they, speak, they speak Chinese. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a large part of the church. Right, and yet we have made it so centric to who we are. Wow. And I think that one of the wars against racism, one of the wars against any sort of condescension is we become a world believer, a world and, mm. cr and a kingdom believer to understand and understand other people's stories, whether they are across the street or around the world. But we understand even, but I think it starts across the street though. Mm. It starts across the aisle that you, know, mm. that you start to ask questions yes. and you start to get perspective. Yes. And you start to understand people's story. Mm. So we need to stop making exclamation points and start asking questions. We, start to, we need to start to end every sentence with a question mark. To ask oh. questions of people that draw out their story and help us understand who they are. Because mm. not everyone grew up like I grew up. Yes. And not everyone grew well, up like you grew absolutely up. Absolutely not. Yes. But I need to understand you, you need to understand me, and together yes. there is a there is a brotherhood and a bond mm. that cannot be broken. Wow. You know, so But again to, it's back to a hard attitude. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Which yes. is so very important. But I I like that idea of having this world uh, view uh, of of the body of Christ. It helps us to have empathy. Uh, yes. For people, we're able to walk in other people's shoes. Maybe we don't live in that cultural paradigm that they're living in, but we are able to be aware of it. It can change the way we pray, change the way we think. It changes the way we approach other people in our own sphere of influence when we are uh, aware of what's happening in the world around us. It's when yes. we limit our world focus and make it so small that we become more selfish. Is, would yes. you say that? Right, and mm. if we do that, then missionaries are other people, not ourselves, because aren't we all to be really missionaries? And that is yes. people that move into a culture and, and speak the truth and the love and the gospel of Jesus into every culture, including the very culture that we are part of. Yes. Yes. We expect people when we lead them to the Lord to come to us mm. instead of us going to them. Wow, wow. And so, you know, getting even into that because to be a world believer and a world Christian is to be is to be a is to be missional and to be a missionary yourself that yes. I'm in this culture. I'm not if we sent a, if we sent a missionary to mm. South America, or we sent a missionary to Russia, or we sent a missionary to China mm. or to Africa, and they stood on a street corner and they condemned the culture. We would say, "You don't know what you're doing. You get, you know, get you go need home. to get, yeah, go home, and <laughs> yes. we're not going to support you." Right. And yet, that's what we do here. Talk a little bit about intentionality, uh, because these things won't change in the way that we are approaching what we do in the church. Just automatically. There has to be some intentionality. Okay. You know, um, in Paul wrote, wrote in Romans 8 about the Holy Spirit uh, searches the heart and mind of God and he intercedes uh, at the will of God for us. And he says, we don't know how to pray as we ought to, um, but we don't have to stay ignorant, if right. you will, or, right. but because the Holy Spirit wants to help us. How can we intentionally lean into the Holy Spirit to be led to be more of that world Christian that you're talking about? Uh, the, uh, well, I, I, I have a, a, a few thoughts on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> promise you. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> the first is obviously asking the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, kind of that search me, O God prayer that the psalmist mm, prayed. Yes. Search me, yeah. O God. Yes. What is, what is it in me and again, the psalmist was referring to his relationship with God. Yes. But now, 
I don't think the Holy Spirit would in any way uh, uh, restrict us from saying, not only, Lord, what is, it, what is it in me that's restricting my relationship? What is it in me that's restricting my relationship with others? Absolutely. I don't think he would hinder that at all. Not at all. He wants us to pray that. So what, so what is it, Holy Spirit, Lord, that you can mm. show me that's restricting? And then, and then to, to reflect and to see, are there, you know, and again, the word today about racism is implicit bias. Yes. Meaning it's it's not a conscious it's mm. not a conscious thought it's mm -hmm. it's the, the book that's called uh, racism without racist is we have racism in our world but no one no one thinks they're a racist mm. it's because it's more on a subconscious level yes yeah and so what do we do Lord show me where I have implicit bias mm. where where you know I see I see an interracial couple. What is my first reaction to that? Mm. And maybe my first reaction to that needs to be a trigger for the Holy Spirit to say, "You have bias here. You have a prejudice. You have a, you mm. have a you have a you have a bias that is not glorifying to God." Yes. You know, yes. you you see someone that looks a certain way, and something triggers in you. Mm. Lord, show me that. Yes. And wow. then, so first of all, is just, mm. Lord, search me, yes. search me. It's got to start here. It's yes. got to start here. And then, and then I think the, to help, and, and then to continue to be a world Christian by, by, by getting other people's perspective of how they did life. Inviting other people into your life and having conversations with them. That are different them, from that are us. Dif that are different, That yes. look different, grew up different, have a yes. different background. Because if, if we don't do that, we can corrupt the gospel very easily. Wow. So, wow. so to make mm. sure that my circle of friends includes people that are, have a different background, a different view. Yes. And, 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 I, and I was, you know, we were talking earlier and I, mm -hmm. I, was just, I, I was just thinking because as the Holy Spirit was even searching me out, this is what came to me and that is mm. that if I was walking down the road mm. and every 20th person slapped me in the face, mm. I would get suspicious and I'd start to get jumpy. Uh, yeah, right? Yes, that's right. a normal reaction there. Because, I, and now I don't know who's gonna slap me, so now I'm kind of jumpy. Mm. And in many ways, as I've talked to my friends that are a different ethnicity than I am, whether that's His Hispanic and Latino, whether that's right. black, African-American, mm. whether that is Asian, yes. it's, it's kind of that, that's how they grew up, mm. is mm. they may have walked by 10 people, but that 12th person is, is, the, is the person that will say something to them that is, yes. uh, that is degrading, that is demeaning, that you know, it could be everything from just a word that is spoken. To, to being spat upon yes, and things like this. Oh, yes. Well, if that was your experience, wouldn't, I thought to myself, I'd be jumpy. Well, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be hesitant. Indeed. But you know, you said something at the beginning and then I want you to close us in prayer and just really pray for the church, uh, not only here, but around the world that, that we can <clears throat> really uh, have our hearts open uh, to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in these seasons, because I really believe that God wants to bring a great revival to the earth. Amen. But he can't do it until the body of Christ comes together uh, in a spirit of unity, like they were on the day of Pentecost when the church was birthed. They were in one place in one accord and they yes. were praying with the same fervor, the same passion, uh, breathing the same oxygen, if you yes. will, of, of God's <clears throat> glory that really permeated uh, the atmosphere. And God wants to get us back to that place of real unity. Yes. We may 
may not doctrinally agree, agree on every slant of theology, but there's a there's a, a unity that we can get to in Christ. Amen. And you mentioned the word humility. And without humility, if we don't come to that place of humility, our hearts will not be open. It's impossible. Yes, for the Holy Spirit to come in and really bring us to that place. Uh, so thank you for bringing out that word too at the very beginning of our conversation about humility. Extremely important, that heart attitude. Uh, uh, Proverbs says, out of the heart flows all the issues yes. of your life. Yes. And so we really have to be aware of that. But as we get ready to close, would you pray for the church? Will you pray for us? Again, um, Teen mm. Challenge is that part of the church that work with people who have substance abuse problems and we want to see them brought the freedom. And for more than 60 years, we've been doing yes. that around the world. Thank God. And thank God for that. But that's our portion that God has given to us. Uh, but we're also involved in the greater call of the body of Christ, which is to see people come to know Jesus. Yes. And so we want to pray for that. We want to try to instigate that and help that in any way that we can. And we're hoping that God will use this offering uh, to help move us along that, that continuum. May it be. But would you pray for us, Pastor? I would love to. Amen. Thank you. I would you. love to. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Ron and I mm. agree together. Yes, Jesus. And our spirits oh, are together in this. And I mm. thank you for Teen Challenge. Thank you, Jesus. And their role in the mm. kingdom of God. Yes. Their Jesus. role in transformation. Their mm. role in hope. Yes. Their role in seeing the world changed. Yes, Lord. And Father, I, I thank mm. you that uh, you have placed them inside the church. And they are a, Lord, mm. I thank you that they are a great example of what it is to be to, to be a part and a partner with and cooperation with the church in the kingdom yes. of God. So yes, thank Lord. you for that. Thank you, Jesus. But Father, I pray mm. for the churches that are represented by those that are watching. Yes, Jesus. I thank you for the leaders that, yes. are, that, that are part of these churches that yes, are watching Lord. right now. Yes, Lord. And I ask for a Holy Spirit humility. Mm. I pray for a Again, Jesus. a recognition, Lord, Lord let it be so. may, mm. may we have an acknowledgement of our sin mm. as individuals and even as a church as mm. it relates to all the ills of society today. Yes, Jesus. Lord, we may not mm. have a responsibility specifically, but we do acknowledge mm. this. Yes. And we pray that mm. together as a church, that yes. in humility we would come together. Yes, And Lord. that in our diversity. Yes in our uniquenesses, yes. in our variety, mm. yes. you would bring again about one church mm. headed by Jesus, empowered yes. by the Holy Spirit yes, to bring the gospel, to bring mm. life, to bring change hallelujah, hallelujah. to the, a world that so desperately cries and mm. yearns for it. Yes, Lord. Once again, thank you for choosing our podcast today. We hope that you're comforted, encouraged, and strengthened in the Lord today because of it. Don't forget to subscribe, though. It's easy. Just go to wherever you're listening right now and click subscribe. God bless you today.